Virginia's Blue Ridge is made up of the city of Roanoke at its heart and surrounding communities within an hour radius, like the city of Salem, Botetourt County, Franklin County, and Roanoke County. The region offers a refined, authentic, metro mountain adventure nestled in the Blue Ridge Mountains. It's a premier destination for outdoor recreation, offering over 1,000 miles of trails for adventure. Roanoke is the largest city along the Appalachian Trail, and the region is home to the Virginia Triple Crown, showcasing three of the best hiking trails in the Commonwealth of Virginia. That's Dragon's Tooth, McAfee Knob, and Tinker Clefts. In this episode, I sit down with Christine McCormick, Outdoor Experiences Manager at Visit Virginia's Blue Ridge, and we talk about many of the things that have earned Roanoke the distinct honor of being nominated as the top place to raise an outdoor family. We talk about the farmer's market that dates back to 1882 and museums, restaurants, and craft breweries. We talk about festivals and an interpretive greenway that allows visitors and locals alike to explore from downtown to the summit of Mill Mountain, Roanoke's highest point. We talk about multi-purpose trails, southern hospitality, fine arts, and the fact that you don't have to leave the city of Roanoke to experience outdoor adventures. But we also talk about the surrounding areas that are close by too, where you can experience trails, rivers, lakes, and easy access to the Blue Ridge Parkway. I'm excited to branch out of my beautiful area here in Western North Carolina and return to the state where I first fell in love with the Blue Ridge Mountains. I truly, truly hope you enjoy this episode. You're listening to Exploration Local, a podcast designed to explore and celebrate the people and places that make the Blue Ridge and Southern Appalachian Mountains special and unique. My name is Mike Andrus, the host of Exploration Local. Join us on our journey to explore these mountains and discover how they fuel a spirit of adventure. We encourage you to wander far, but explore local. Let's go. Well, I'm extremely excited to, first of all, be branching out of just Western North Carolina. I know a lot of our listeners uh, enjoy hearing about the Blue Ridge area here in Western North Carolina. But as we all know, the Blue Ridge Mountains extend from Georgia up into Pennsylvania. So I'm extremely excited to be branching out of Western North Carolina and out of North Carolina today. We're dipping into Virginia, and I am here with Christine McCormick. She is the Outdoor Experiences Manager at Visit. Virginia's Blue Ridge. So we have a lot of really cool things to talk about here. But first of all, Christine, I just can't thank you enough for being here this morning. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. I'm always excited to talk about uh, Virginia's Blue Ridge. Absolutely. And I can't wait to dive into that a little bit more, too. But one of the things that's really cool at the very beginning here is that um, we'll let you kind of share a little bit about your role there with Visit Virginia's Blue Ridge. But you have a loose connection. We were talking about that just a few minutes ago. We have the International Mountain Bike Association. You're the former marketing director there. And as you're explaining, you already have a tie to some people that used to be with International Mountain Biking Association. Uh, Andy Williamson was one guy that we talked about. Most of our listeners are also going to know listening to the old fort and about the old fort trails project. But let's focus on Virginia and Christine, tell us a little bit about what it is that you're doing there for Visit Virginia's Blue Ridge. So I have been actually loosely associated with Virginia's Blue Ridge, which is our DMO, our destination marketing organization, uh, since 2016 when we started work on obtaining our Silver Level Ride Center status from IMBA. I was then president of our local chapter of IMBA, and we started that process 
And then I had a freelance marketing business that focused on outdoor recreation clients and Virginia's Blue Ridge became a client of mine. And then I went to work for Imba for two and a half years as a marketing director. And that position for me ended in July and I was looking for a job and I wanted to stay in outdoor recreation. And I had enjoyed my time working on the national level, but I really missed having like an impact locally in my community. My work previously as a contractor, you know, had me working on projects like directly impacted where I lived. And I really enjoyed that aspect of that work. So I had kind of missed that um, when I had worked on the national level. And even before I went to work for IMBA, I had, you know, watched our cycling culture grow here uh, in the area. And, you know, being president of the mountain bike chapter and, you know, looking at the, you know, how valuable road and gravel cycling disciplines were, you know, to the communities with the Blue Ridge Parkway and sort of realized that there wasn't, there was some, there was a missing piece. We had a lot of great organic growth. And so I had come up with this concept for bike VBR, sort of this cycling um, ambassador, cycling coordinator component for our community. And I actually pitched it to a couple of different entities, uh, including Visit Virginia's Blue Ridge before I went to work for IMBA. And everybody was like, great idea, no money to pay you. So, you know, circling back around to the summer of 2021, I had the opportunity to uh, bump into Deborah Wright, who's the vice president of marketing and sales at Visit Virginia's Blue Ridge. And we just started talking about the concept and their staff had been decimated uh, by the pandemic. They had to lay off more than half their staff. And so, you know, they were kind of looking at building back and we had a couple of meetings and to negotiate about what this position would be. You know, their staff needed sales help and I wanted it really heavy, uh, heavily focused on advocacy. And we kind of came to a meeting of the minds on how we could create this position and they let me create this new position. So it does have some focus on a sales component in non-traditional sports. So very outdoor recreation focused, uh, cycling, trail running, uh, paddling sports. Um, and others of that ilk, but it also gets me back into an advocacy role and helping the people in our community who are doing such amazing work uh, for our region and, you know, and be able to help them as well. That's amazing. Uh, I I didn't realize the advocacy piece was a part of that, but it certainly makes sense. And especially with your background. So before we go too far down this road here, talk a little bit about what is Visit Virginia's Blue Ridge? So Virginia's Blue Ridge is our destination marketing organization, and it serves cooperatively the cities of Roanoke and Salem and the counties of Roanoke, Botetourt, and Franklin. And so instead of each one of these uh, cities and counties sort of doing their own thing in a, in a uh, marketing and tourism way, they've banded together and this organization oversees destination marketing for all five of the localities. And that's unique in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Richmond is the only other location where localities band together uh, for branding and uh, budget purposes, you know, to attract visitors. And um, Virginia's Blue Ridge, you know, it, it encompasses sort of like the, the mountains region you know, of Virginia. And so that's definitely one of our assets. And then Roanoke, Virginia is the largest city in Southwest Virginia. 
And so we really talk a lot about how we have this metro mountain adventure that is unique in the region uh, because the city, you know, you have museums and fine art and, and culture and we have, uh, you know, food tours and breweries and other craft beverages. And, but then you have all these wonderful natural assets that the, like the city of Roanoke is kind of plopped down into the middle of, and you don't, you don't have to leave the city to experience outdoor recreation. Like from where I live, I live in the Grandin Village neighborhood, and I can go out the front door with my mountain bike, ride a greenway to Mill Mountain, ride 13 miles a single track, and ride home and never get in my car. Wow! And so, you know, being able to experience everything that a you know that a small city has to offer while still having access to outdoor recreation, like that's our Metro Mountain Adventure. That is so cool. Yeah. And, and being from Virginia myself, I, I definitely know what you're, you're talking about. It just has a different feel. There's a different vibe. It's, it's a, it's a cool place. My wife and I have spent anniversaries there at the hotel Roanoke. Um, We love the food scene. We love the craft beer scene. It's just, yeah, there's, there's just so much to do. In fact, in this region, you really have quite a resume for that Mm -hmm. whole region. I mean, you're, well, 2020 Blue Ridge Outdoors top adventure town for sure, but you're the largest city on the on the AT on the Appalachian Trail. You all have been called the region's, or excuse me, the East Coast Mountain Bike Capital. And you you mentioned earlier about the Silver Level Ride Center on the East Coast. You're the o- the only one, I guess. Uh, and of course, there's tons of access points to the to the Blue Ridge Parkway. So, and as you said, just right out your front door, you're you're right there in the middle of it, and never have to stop at a stoplight or, or deal with the traffic on your way in or out. I mean, that, that's a huge resume that you all have for your region. And I think, you know, looking at that and looking at the branding that our region has done, that extends long before my time here. I've been here um, 12 years, which is amazing. But really, you know, looking at Roanoke and like this is true of any small American city, you know, it's lot kind of waxes and wanes over the decades. And um, about 20 years ago, you know, the railroad started to depart and some very smart people sat down and said, "Okay, well, you know, what are we going to do to make sure our city continues to grow and, uh, you know, that it just doesn't disappear as as some small American cities have. And, you know, they really looked into the natural assets that we have, you know, the outdoor assets that we have. You know, the AT runs right through. We have the most photographed place on the whole Appalachian Trail uh, with McAfee's Knob. We have the Blue Ridge Parkway. We have rivers and mountains. You know, the river runs right through uh, downtown Roanoke. You can go on the Greenway and, and go fishing for trout. And so there's so many opportunities. And so they looked at that and they built this uh, brand for Roanoke outside. Um, they started building about 20 years ago, started building our network of greenways. Um, you know, that will top out at, uh, you know, I don't actually know how many miles it's going to top out at. We're about 30 miles right now of completed Greenway wow. with, with lots more connections in the in the works. And so all of these assets that really make the community and, you know, make the community livable and then make the community accessible. And so it, it's something in my mind in all the different places that I've lived you know, being able to 
access outdoor recreation and trails from a greenway is something that's just really amazing. And from the different places that I've lived, Roanokers really celebrate the outdoors with a passion that I haven't experienced in other places. Wow. Can you say more about that? Because you've lived in some really cool places and you've been involved in the outdoor <laughs> industry, but say a little bit more about right? that. That's special. Yeah, I had to I had to think about this and, and write it down. So I've I've actually lived in nine cities and towns in five states and on both coasts. Wow. Um, I grew up in New Hampshire. This is my second time in Virginia. I previously lived in Northern Virginia and and never in my entire adult life did I live any place more than five years. I sort of got to that five-year mark and then just had to make a change. And so I was actually surprised when I made it to 10 years here and I didn't feel that kind of itch that I needed to look for someplace new to be. And, you know, again, that's just the accessibility and how, you know, how to, how we have sort of all of the hallmarks of a bigger city, but it's a small city. Like my kids walk to school, mm. you know, we can walk down to the village to a natural foods co-op or a historic, our historic Grand Inn Theater, you know, the greenways. Um, we have over 300 miles of trails, you know, within a 35 minute drive of Roanoke. And so um, just having that access you know, to the outdoors and, but still be in the city. Like it's hard to explain, but it's really, it's really a special place. It is. And it is hard to explain. You and I were actually talking about that earlier before we kind of came on live and we've experienced the same thing and it is very difficult to put into words. So any listeners, um, it's going to be hard for us to describe. Hopefully you'll get a flavor of it in this podcast episode today, but you just need to get there yourself. So that's the bottom line. You need to go to Roanoke. You need to go to this whole region. <laughs> All right, so let's talk a little bit about the um, the East Coast mountain bike capital. You've already kind of alluded to it. We've talked about the number of trails, but you have – did I, I read somewhere, maybe I'm wrong, like in the whole region, are there like over 1,000 miles of mountain bike trails just in the, in the region uh, at large? Or is that, that so number the wrong? Th- so the 1,000 miles is not mountain bike trails. It includes other types of trails like blueways or waterways. Oh, so you think about paddling, um, boating in different aspects, um, hiking only. Of course, the AT is uh, not, you know, no cycling on the AT. So, you know, hiking only. And so looking at all of those assets together oh. gets you to that thousand miles. Okay. And also, you know, with the with the rise in popularity of gravel biking, you know, the U.S. Forest Service is actually the largest land manager in the Commonwealth of Virginia. And so we have hundreds of miles of uh, fire roads and, you know, double track that will get you out into some really pristine, beautiful areas um, that you can access by uh, mountain bike or gravel bike. And that's pretty amazing. That is extremely amazing. So, and that's been catching on a lot in popularity. I mean, even, even for me, I've, you know, as I kind of get a little bit older, sometimes I, um, I'm not, you know, into the flowy and rip it down. Sometimes I'm just into the fitness and I just want to experience the beauty and I can just hop on a lot of the forest service roads and and keep going at it. So the gravel biking is something that definitely has caught on. I think is uh, more trails or more, more fire roads and access roads or connecting roads are all both created and, and probably more importantly maintained um, than anything else. It seems to be the, the case here. I'm not sure if that's the case in Virginia or not. No, it is. It's grown in popularity, I think, for what you said. You know, it doesn't require the same effort 
and maybe skill level that mountain biking does, but it gets, you know, it gets you off the road and into nature, you know, which is nice to have that, have that connection, um, in, in the forest. Yeah. So talk a little bit about your role as the outdoor experiences manager, and you alluded to it again, just a little bit ago, and there's sort of a combined role. Um, but talk about how your specific role is really advocating for and uh, celebrating and highlighting a lot of the uh, the mountain bike or the outdoor opportunities in your area. So we're, I'm like, I think I'm nine weeks into this position and I'm sort of creating it as I go. Cool. Cool. Very cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So it's been busy and it does focus on other disciplines. So not just mountain biking, um, but I have, you know, rejoined uh, the board of our local uh, mountain bike organization sort of as an advisory role and, you know, just have that native knowledge of a number of years of experience and, you know, to help them be successful as they move into the future. Um, but also looking at other other uh, disciplines, whether it's road or gravel or trail running um, or paddling sports, looking at ways, because there's a lot of really fabulous organic growth that, and people who live here have put time into their passions to grow their sport create events, create a following in the community, and, you know, being able to put some money and marketing and budget to support our local events, really to grow them to uh, regional and eventually national prominence. So, you know, that's, you know, a huge focus here. But then again, you know, the advocacy part and looking at whether we're working on trail stewardship. You know, that's something that's important. I do work for a destination marketing organization, um, but they were very keen on making sure that they listened to feedback that they were getting from the community and make sure that part of their mission is also driven by destination management best practices. Mm. You know, we don't, we don't want to create such a brand or culture that people come in and, and live our favorite places, you know, just like love our favorite places to death. Yeah. And so looking at ways that we can be good stewards as well and give back through like a trail stewardship fund or volunteer days or, you know, supporting these advocacy organizations that are here, you know, boots on the ground every day, um, supporting the localities and their parks and rec departments for the work that they do, you know, to maintain these fabulous assets that we all enjoy. But also thinking about, you know, tourism, The we look at tourism as sort of a first date for a region where you get people to come in and experience what you have to offer. But that also kind of goes through this cycle that eventually we hope leads to economic development. And so getting people to come here and experience our region, but then getting them to come back and start a business or move a business here, or of course have the opportunity for people to come here and be remote workers. Um, For a number of decades, uh, Roanoke was on this downward trend, or maybe you could say upward trend with an aging population. Um, where our young people were moving away uh, for bigger and better opportunities. And so making sure that we're creating those opportunities here to get, you know, our best and brightest to stay or attracting an educated workforce here that would attract more um, industry. So it's really a partnership between tourism and economic development to make sure that we ensure like the health of our region is really important component to what we do as well. 
Very interesting. So I like to talk about that a little bit more because you've lived in the area for 12 years. You've been with your new role for nine weeks and you obviously were involved with EMBA for a while. So you've seen sort of the, as you describe, you have a unique perspective because you've seen the city sort of age up. How have you seen that effort for the first date, which I love that perspective. That's really, really cool. You got a first date with the, with the town and, and because there is so much to do to come back and continue to, to experience and explore. But how has that transition happened between people who come in there as their first date and then they say, you know what, I need to make this a place where I live or I need to make this a place where I grow my business. Again, I know you've only been in that role for nine weeks, but just maybe even outside looking in or, or in your nine weeks hearing about it, how has that changed and how has that grown? So I think we can point to the businesses that have moved here or are growing here as one indicator. And you think about, you know, they just recently did the ribbon cutting on the fourth building for the Fralin Carilion Biomedical Research Center, which is a huge uh, partnership between Carilion and Virginia Tech, where they're really doing, you know, cutting edge, um, world-renowned research uh, in different biomedical fields. And then, and then to the other end of the spectrum, where you have this Italian car parts manufacturer called Eldor that moved into Botetourt County or Ballast Point Brewing that was looking for an East Coast base of operations and moved into Botetourt County and, you know, started brewing and distributing beer for the East Coast. And so looking at where there's a, an educated workforce where people are, you know, want to relocate and live. And, you know, I know that Carillion, the largest health system uh, in the area, you know, they actively use the Silver Level Ride Center designation as a selling point when they're trying to recruit talent here for mm. doctors and researchers. You know, people people have choices. They have more choices than ever on where they can go. Yeah. And, you know, you have some people who will move someplace and then look for a job and other places who will move places for a job. And so, you know, being able to have like a great work and life balance where you can be here and enjoy your passions and still make a living, you know, I think is, is part of that. And so watching that growth, and like I said, the foundation was laid, you know, probably 20 years ago, but it's definitely, definitely accelerated since, you know, in the decade that I've been here in really measurable ways, you know, watching the new construction, watching the new uh, companies, you know, meeting people who've moved to town, like um, Kerry Werner, he is a professional uh, cyclocross racer. He races for uh, Kona Bicycles. You know, uh, he was living in North Carolina for a while. He and his wife were living in Colorado for a while. And they came here and they now live in Vinton, a little uh, side city next to Roanoke, right off the Greenway and right near the trails. And he lives and trains here for all of the racing he does all over the country. And wow. like he could live anywhere he wants. And he picks here. Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. So have you seen, and of course you probably have a, a peek behind the veil uh, more than the average person, but now that uh, we are hopefully more post-pandemic and you have people that have flexibility now, um, it's one of the things that seems to have come out of this pandemic is more remote working. Um, do you see increase in the interest of new businesses that are still looking to come? into your area? I don't know if you have purview of that at all, but 
It just seems post-pandemic, people wanting to meet in the outdoors, people reevaluating how they want that live-work balance. You know, I I do see that because I I talk to a lot of people at events, and you know, I'll talk to people at trail intersections, and you know, hey, where are you where are you from? You know, what brought you here? Why do you why do you stay here? And so I get that a lot. Those stories where people were. And I, hey, I lived inside the Beltway in D.C., and I remember those two-hour commutes and being just stuck on the Beltway with, you know, a couple thousand cars around you and thinking, this, there's got to be a better way to live my life. <laughs> no <And> kidding. So, <laughs> it is brutal. So, yeah. I've and been so, there. Like, I've if, done it. Yeah. If, I, I get completely annoyed in Roanoke if I have to sit through a light more than once. <laughs> so, so it's 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 completely different. And and I think that is one how dare I say benefit of the pandemic. You know, the more more freedom, you know, employers have really loosened up uh the restrictions on remote work and you know, which will give people the option to move if they're able to really pursue a better work-life balance. And so, and for a lot of people, Roanoke has been this sort of undiscovered gem. And I think the word has started getting out there a little bit, definitely. And the Silver Level Ride Center designation has helped put us on the map for mountain biking. My work, I'd like to grow that for trail running and paddling sports and fishing and um, cycling, other aspects of cycling road and gravel. and you know, really like just as an asset for like a way of life and quality of life, I think it's really important. Can you say more about the Silver Level Ride Center? What what does that designation mean? Because we've talked about it a few times and it's it's apparently a really big deal for, for you all there in Roanoke. But what exactly does that mean? So it's, it's a designation that the International Mountain Bicycling Association um, gives to communities that have been reviewed, like peer reviewed. There's an application process. There are criteria that need to be met that determine which level, if or even if you qualify for the designation or at which level you qualify. And, you know, they look at, you know, of course they look at mountain bike trails and, you know, the opportunities. They look at, you know, a really small pocket as far as like a geographic area. So there were assets that we wanted to include in outlying areas that couldn't, like they, they had very strict standards about, you know, what would qualify. But they also look beyond mountain biking. They also look at the other offerings that a community has that complement the sport of mountain biking. Because a lot of mountain bikers have more than one sport that they engage in. And, you know, whether that's hiking or trail running or boating or fishing, you know, there, there are other things that mountain bikers tend to do. And so and then they also look at, you know, the idea that there be things. So you plan your vacation and you come and it rains for four days straight. Well, OK, you're not going to go. You shouldn't go ride your mountain bike on those trails. What else can you do in the community? Or if you come as, as a, a group, a family unit, and maybe not everybody in your family rides a mountain bike, what are the other opportunities for those family members to uh, get out and enjoy an area that aren't just directly mountain biking? And so it looks at all of those components of a community and all of those offerings, and then there's a point system, and then they tally up the points and they see, you know, what your designation looks like. 
And so, you know, it was pretty big for our community to obtain that Silver Level Ride Center designation. We were the first on the East Coast. We were the only one on the East Coast. Um, West Virginia Snowshoe has since earned. They went from bronze to silver. West Virginia went from bronze to silver. But we were the first on the East Coast to receive that designation. And it really sort of sets us apart because there are a lot of communities that have great mountain biking. But there are not a lot of communities that are kind of the whole package. Yeah. And I think I think that's kind of what sets us apart for that designation. That is huge. And and the piece about, you know, not every family member has, you know, everybody with a with a bike and they're interested in the biking. And so, you know, there are kids or 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 spouses or partners that deal with it. You know, <laughs> they're the shuttle or they kinda help <laughs> or they just are there. But, you know, for that to be a designation really kinda that says even more to me about it just being about the mountain biking because you're looking at something more holistically. And it's like, this is an area, yes, mountain biking is a huge portion of it and it's a designation from IMBA, but it also means that you have great places or great things to do when you can't get on the trail. You got places to stay, great food to eat, great culture probably is a, is a factor. And so that says a lot more about the designation than just saying that you're a great place to go ride bikes. Yeah, I think so. And I think that's an important component to it. And and why we're so proud of it as well. That's so cool. All right. So let's talk a little bit more about the culture. I love this term Metro Mountain Adventure. I had never heard that before until I started researching a little bit more uh, for this interview here. So Metro Mountain Adventure City, that's what you all are. Say a little bit more about uh, the non-outdoor component to it. Um, and I'm sure it's kind of interrelated, but talk about the culture that's right there in that region in the city. And that's what we're really excited about, that you have these sort of features that are traditionally found in larger cities. And like we have, you know, the Roanoke Symphony or the Roanoke Opera and the Roanoke Ballet. Mm. And we have museums, you know, our Transportation Museum and the Talman Museum of Art. It's, you know, it's really being able to go and experience some of those uh, aspects of culture that you normally find in larger cities, but that we have here in Roanoke. And then, you know, other cultural opportunities. Like down in Ferrum College in Franklin County, there's the Blue Ridge Institute. And so you can go down and experience Blue Ridge uh, culture, you know, through the last couple hundred years. And so, and there's different things based on maybe kind of what your interests are. Um, at the top of Mill Mountain, I think is famous for the star that resides yeah. on the top of Mill Mountain. Yeah, it used to be the largest uh, neon structure in the world. But we also have um, a small zoo at the top that showcases uh, uh, animals from throughout the region and the world. And so sort of these hidden gems that are in the city. And, you know, one of the hashtags that we use is, is trail setter. And, you know, obviously, from from a mountain bike standpoint, the first thing that comes to my mind is bikes. But, you know, you can also be a trail setter for our craft beverages that we have. Um, We have breweries and wineries and meaderies and distilleries. And so you can be a trail setter and and go off and experience uh, the craft beverage scene or our restaurants. You know, I've lost count the number of times that our restaurants have been featured in Southern Living, which is an awesome accolade for a chef. 
And so, you know, to have that here in the community and different types of uh, cuisine um, from all over the world, like, and festivals, like you'd get me started just to do a whole show on festivals, <laughs> but, you know, like local colors, which really celebrates the, the different uh, communities that we have sort of under the umbrella of Visit Virginia's Blue Ridge. We, um, we have a really vibrant um, refugee population here that brings a lot of worldview um, and great food to our community. And then I, I do have to put a plug in for GoFest. We're, you know, just over 10 years celebrating GoFest. And it's um, a free three-day outdoors-focused festival that we have every year here. And people can come down and, you know, they can demo, whether it's bikes or paddle boards. You know, there's people here who are representing, like, uh, you know, traditional hook and bullet sports or archery, you know, that we have um, uh, demos by Jeff Lanowski and the BMX team, Lumberjacks. Cool. <laughs> it's, it's incredibly varied. It's super family friendly and uh, wonderfully fun. And it's a great experience to get people who might not currently enjoy outdoor sports really kind of like introduced and immersed in uh, some outdoor recreation opportunities. It's super fun. And we're really proud of, of uh, that festival. When, what time of year is that festival held? That is in October, usually just before the third week in October. Okay. I should know that. Well, that's all right. Yeah. October. <laughs> that's pretty cool. So it sounds like, man, once you move here, you really don't need to go anywhere else. I mean, there's a lot of places in this world to explore, but why would you want to leave? Because you've got everything you could ever possibly want or imagine. If you love the outdoors, you love the culture, you love food, love beer, love everything. It's all right there in Roanoke and the surrounding counties. Yeah, I think that's why I've I've been here for 12 years. I, I still have more. I, mean, I think I'm thinking about taking up fishing. I just took up trail running and now I'm thinking about taking up fishing. Nice. So that'll be something new. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so you're talking a lot about a lifetime of adventure really there in that area. So if I'm going to come to Roanoke, let's talk about a bucket for the metro piece of it. And then let's talk about your bucket list for the outdoor recreation, the outdoor adventure piece of it. So if, if there's some places I just have to go, I don't know. Does that put you in an awkward spot if I'm asking a person who works for a DMO to tell me about your favorite spots? Or should we just say it's a bucket <laughs> list and you just put whatever in there? Okay, so for the... For the metro aspect of it really being able to go to market square downtown and you can walk to you know a half dozen museums and so i think the i think the the, the pinnacle there would be the Taubman museum of art and i i'm I do not recall the name of the architect, but it is a very famous architect. I should know this. I feel like I need to do homework now. Uh, <laughs> maybe you can put it in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, we will. That's exactly what we're going to okay. do. Anything we, most of the things we mentioned here, we'll have we'll have links so I can click back to it. So no worries whatsoever. Okay. So the the there is free general admission to the Talman Museum of Arts, uh, courtesy of Advanced Auto Parts. And so there are some galleries that have, you know, that have special traveling exhibits that you might have to pay for, but general admission to the museum is free. And so I think that would be my first stop, uh, you know, for somebody who's visiting sort of, you know, that metro. And then the market building houses restaurants and small businesses, and that's a very historic 
uh, piece of the downtown architecture. But then the market itself, it's the longest continuously operating farmer's market in the Commonwealth of Virginia. And so, um, you know, this year we're kind of waning on the offerings. It's It will lend more to locally produced arts and crafts uh, as we get into the holiday season. You know, but if you come in spring and summer, it's just bountiful with uh, local uh, produce and locally made goods. And so, and just being able, all of this is within walking distance. And then there's art installations in Elmwood Park, and then coming back around to center in the square, which houses, uh, in addition to uh, theaters, um, it also houses additional museums in that building, including a science museum, a children's science museum, which my girls loved growing up, including their butterfly garden. Cool. And then, um, yeah, and then the transportation museum. And you can't miss that because as you, as you walk uh, down towards it, there's an ICBM missile that, you know, is out in the parking lot. So, you know, you don't, you'll know you won't be lost. Um, <laughs> but then, but then, you know, the breweries and the restaurants downtown and the coffee shops. And so that's all if you just land or, you know, if you stay at the Hotel Roanoke and walk across the pedestrian bridge. Yeah. And then, you know, they've also done this wonderful interpretive uh, installation along the railroad tracks that go from the new Amtrak station uh, up to the uh, Talman Museum of Art that sort of that sort of illustrates and talks about uh the railroad culture in in the Roanoke Valley and you know again free just walk through and, and read the interpretive displays that are there and so and then tickets ticketed items like I mentioned earlier the opera the ballet the theater the children's theater um, they're all wonderful opportunities to experience culture in a, a traditional setting in that manner cool. but don't forget the zoo I told you about the yeah, zoo. yeah yeah by the Roanoke star up top yes Yes, that's absolutely. Very, that's very cool. All right, so your bucket list for outdoor activities. So I would say experiencing the Greenway to Mill Mountain because there are not, I, not top of mind in my head can I think of any communities where you can ride a Greenway to experience trails. So whether you walk the Greenway to Mill Mountain to hike on the trails or ride a big bike on the Greenway to Mill Mountain to ride the trails, it's amazing how uh, you're immediately transported just to this beautiful, quiet, forested environment. And you're completely within the city limits of, of Roanoke, which is amazing. So cool. And yeah. And so I would say that would be the top of the list. And then we have the, the triple crown. I don't know, depending on how many days you want to spend hiking. And so that's going to be McAfee knob, dragon's tooth and tinker cliffs. And so you experience just about the best hiking the area has to offer if you wanted to experience the triple crown. And they're all connected, um, right? Don't you have a trail that kind of connects uh -huh. each of the, okay. Yeah. Very cool. So it's a couple of different trails, but yeah, they are connected when you do the triple crown. And then there's Carvin's Cove, um, which is this amazing natural reserve. So Carvin's Cove is about a, you know, a 20 minute drive from the hotel Roanoke. And it's funny living in a Valley, like everything is like 20 minutes away. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. 
kind of fun. You don't spend much time in your car. That's right. But Carvin's, yeah, Carvin's Cove is nearly 12,000 acres. It's the second largest municipal park in the country. And we have built out about 60 miles of trail there. Oh, my gosh. And that is a multi-use trail system. So it's open to hikers, uh, bikes, and equestrians. Cool. Um, it is the drinking source for uh, the city of Roanoke. So the water source for the city of Roanoke. So there's no uh, swimming, but you can fish, kayak, and paddleboard. Nice. Yes. And so that, you know, is pretty much paradise. No camping at that location. Okay. But um, that is, is pretty much um, paradise. You can go and just go for hours and hours of uh, cross country, either hiking, birding, um, or mountain biking. And there's, um, there's bear and there's deer and uh, bobcats and all coyotes, all sorts of wildlife um, that you can encounter. Very cool. Now, one of my favorites growing up as a young person was uh, the iconic Natural Bridge, not too very far away from there. Right? So just up the road, on like if you're headed out to Lexington or Harrisonburg, um, just up the road to Natural Bridge. And that is a fun um, day trip to take. And I always get a kick out of the fact that cars still drive across it. Like you can be down looking up at it and the Route 11 still travels, traverses Natural Bridge, which is amazing to me. Now, what about, do you have waterfalls? Do you have many hikeable waterfalls up in your area? Where we are, we're kind of the land of the waterfalls, but um, you could throw a rock and hit several of them. What about up in your area? So we do, if you travel up Bent Mountain and go over to Poor Mountain, I believe that's Bottom Creek Gorge. I did that when the kids are, were younger, but it's but it is a wildlife refuge, so you cannot bring dogs. Okay. And so and we always hike with our dogs. So we did that once and said, Yeah, that's nice waterfall. <laughs> and um <laughs> but there's also uh if you head out to um the New River Valley, there's the Cascades and, and that's a beautiful place to visit as well. And I forgot to mention there are so many boating options at Smith Mountain Lake, like Franklin County. Smith Mountain Lake is is part of Franklin County. And, you know, so if you're really into fishing and boating and sailing and um, all sorts of paddling sports as well, uh, Smith Mountain Lake. Smith Mountain Lake may be one of the most beautiful lakes that I've ever been to personally. I mean, it's just so deep. It's 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 pristine. I don't know how many miles there are around all the tributaries of fingers of Smith Mountain Lake, but it is a very, very special place. It is a gorgeous place to go and enjoy the water. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So what would be, uh, let's say, if if I had time to come into town for, I'm just here for a weekend, and I kind of want to take it in, and I'm sort of that person who loves outdoor adventures, but I may not spend you know the entire time on a trail or on a mountain bike. What are some of the things that you would direct me to? Where are some of the places you would direct me to go? If you get the shuttle to one of the downtown hotels, you don't have to rent a car, and you can get everywhere by walking or renting a bike and that's the downtown marketplace with the museums it's the greenway mill mountain is right in town um you can go over my favorite coffee shop in south roanoke is sweet donkey coffee which is accessible from the greenway so you could really make your way you could you could exercise and eat and drink your way through town by just following the greenway (laughs) i like it i like (laughs) it i've done that actually so 
yeah, you, you described you did perfectly described our adventure to Roanoke on our anniversary one year. So, yeah, no, I got you. That's awesome. What are some last few things that you would just love for somebody to know that has never been to Roanoke, that's never been to Virginia, that's listening in from, you know, Kalamazoo, Michigan? What sort of parting thoughts would you love to leave them about your area? You know, I don't think I talked about the people. Oh, good. Yeah. Like, I, people here are really genuinely friendly and helpful. And like I said, there's so many people here, like, like-minded about, you know, their passions for outdoor recreation. And, you know, so you'll, you'll be out on the trail and all of a sudden you have a flat tire and there's not going to be a single person that passes you by that doesn't offer help. Hmm. And so I think just that component of sort of Southern hospitality and just, you know, that genuine camaraderie that comes from people who share their passions in a small community. So I think that's an important an important part of that, that you're going to come and you're going to enjoy these assets and you'll you'll never be lost. There will always be somebody there to help you or talk to you or talk for me. I've been talking about an hour for my love for Roanoke, Virginia, yeah. and just being able to share share that with our visitors, I think, is important, too. Well, I, I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned that because it is definitely true. And, and what I have found is that most of the people that come from mountain, or excuse not just mountain bike, but an outdoor type community, um, you're talking about just people who are not really pretentious. They're people that seem to be somewhat grounded. They're like-minded. They love, you know, all the adventure. And, and I'm just, I'm partial to people that love adventure. I just think they're just the best people in the world. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> so it, it's not surprising to me that you would describe the people in your, in your town, in your community like that. So that's fantastic. You did mention advocacy. Can we just kind of touch on that a little bit about your heart and your role in advocacy and and where you see that kind of playing into this new role? Because we mentioned that a little bit earlier, but it's such an important thing, especially when we talk about the influx of visitors, the influx of people coming to your town, being responsible, being sustained, you know, having a sustainable mindset when it comes to ecotourism and those sorts of things. Um, so I, I'd love to have your thoughts on what Roanoke is doing, what Virginia's Blue Ridge is doing, what your heart is for that aspect. I know it's a big question, but and I don't want to just kind of, you know, just quickly go by it, but but talk about the advocacy efforts there. Yeah, I think that's an important component because, you know, our natural outdoor assets can't speak for themselves. So being good stewards is an important part when you, you know, when you utilize trails and waterways for your personal benefit. And so, you know, making sure that we're supporting the people who put their passion, time and energy into creating trails or maintaining trails, Um, you know, waterways, cleanup days, making sure people are getting out and volunteering. You know, my my poor kids. <laughs> I I have this great picture of them. It was, um, you know, last fall and our family was out doing a trail work day on this new rock and roll trail at Carbons Cove. And my kids are out there wearing safety glasses and gloves and, and splitting rocks. And all of their friends are posting pictures of like apple orchards and pumpkin patches <laughs> on Instagram. And so, <laughs> so it's, you know, it's, 
it's making sure that people understand that they have a responsibility to yeah and you know getting out and 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 giving back to the community and whether that's you know volunteering at events that generate money that gets you know cycled back into our uh, trail initiatives you know so there are other ways than just slinging dirt i guess is what i'm trying to say yeah yeah um you know because n- not everybody has the time our inclination to go move dirt by the hundreds of cubic feet. So, you know, volunteering at GoFest is one way that people can give back because a portion of the beer proceeds from GoFest go to the mountain bike club and, you know, they get to use that to build and uh, maintain trails in our area. Or, you know, we have some great um, running um, like Gallup for the Greenways, and that goes to support Pathfinders and the Bridge the Gap campaign that supports bridge building to connect the uh, Roanoke Greenway system. And so that that volunteerism spirit that I think is really ingrained in people who participate in outdoor recreation is 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 on full display here. And so you know, looking at sustainable growth. So where do we have room for new trails in the trails plans that our community parks and rec departments are uh, working towards versus, okay, what trails are kind of being loved to death and and need some some maintenance to make them more sustainable. And so there's so many components to that Mm -hmm. and and, and so many ways to, to come at that and think about it. But you know, when when I was was president of our local club, you know, we really tried to ask people give up one ride a season. You know, that's four times a year because we're thankfully can ride year around here. Four times a year, just go out and and volunteer in some manner. You know, to kind of give back and protect these natural assets because stewardship is an important component because we don't want we don't want to lose it or not have it be. Uh, valuable to the people who live here so that's that it's important to think about that too oh so important and you're right advocacy and volunteerism it's such a big huge thing that to try to break it down into all its elements is really really difficult to do but um, i think you very succinctly just kind of talked about you know the the type of people that you have there and and their passion for joining the advocacy uh, efforts and so it's neat when people are are involved and invested in their own town there's a sense of ownership and ambassadorship that you know is it's priceless really and it's very difficult to replicate um and you can't fake it i mean people who who love those resources they want to see them protected they they get involved so that's really really cool i appreciate you sharing that but Absolutely. I have to say real quick, one of the best feelings in the world when you're out riding a trail on a mountain bike is riding a section of trail that you've helped build. Mm. And, you know, I've had that experience out at Carvin's Cove on um, a couple different trail projects. And, and to this day, you know, you know, one of them was probably eight years ago. Uh, the Four Gorge extension. But to this day, I ride that trail and I still know exactly the parts of that trail where I did work days and helped build. And it's an amazing feeling. So there's my plug to get people out there. It's a fantastic plug. And it's also a great way to sort of put a bow on this episode. Christine, again, they, I know you're nine weeks into it, but I think that they definitely have the right person. It's going to be fun. Um, I love to stay in touch with you. Um, We've already talked before we started recording about some, some other opportunities and, and, and a whole series of, of people that we could have on here. So it's awesome to make a connection with you and I wish you the absolute best. Um, it doesn't look like you're going anywhere anytime soon. So you'll be in this role for who knows how long, but 
the time that you are there. I know that every inch of your heart and passion is going to be poured into this. So just thanks for taking the time out of your morning uh, to talk with me. And I look forward to continuing this conversation sometime in the future, too. Thank you. And I appreciate that. And make sure to put my contact information in your show notes because anybody who wants to come to Roanoke, I am happy to, to give them more information or even um, go ride with y'all. We will absolutely do that. Thank you again so much for being here, Christine. All right. Take care. My heart has always been to explore, celebrate, and share the Blue Ridge Mountains with our listeners. And I don't just mean Western North Carolina. As beautiful as these mountains are, and as fortunate as I am to call them home. But there's a lot more to explore, a whole lot more, and I'm super stoked to finally bring you an episode from outside of my home region. And I can't wait to explore more in the future and continue bringing you stories about the people and places that make the Blue Ridge Mountains so special. As you can tell, Christine loves where she lives, and she loves to share her passion for Virginia's Blue Ridge with others. If you've never visited Roanoke and the surrounding areas we talked about, I would highly encourage you to go. It's stunning, full of adventure and culture, and I cannot wait to return. Be sure to check out their website at visitroanokeva.com. We'll also include the website in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, then you definitely want to subscribe to the podcast so you can stay up to date with future episodes. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram, and feel free to reach out to me at mike at explorationlocal.com if you have an idea for a future episode. I'd love to connect with you. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Until we meet again, I encourage you to wander far, but explore local.